Welcome to the Nature Reliance Podcast, where we explore the history and practical experience of the great outdoors and discover new ways to connect with nature. I'm Craig Cottle, your guide through the fascinating world of natural living and survival skills through experiential education and interviews. Today's episode is brought to you by the Nature Reliance School Online Membership, an immersive online learning experience designed for outdoor enthusiasts just like you. Are you passionate about the outdoors? Do you crave more knowledge about disaster readiness, wilderness survival, bushcraft, tracking, and nature awareness? If so, the Nature Reliance School online membership is your gateway to a community of like-minded individuals, all dedicated to learning and sharing essential outdoor skills. With the Nature Reliance School online membership, you get exclusive access to a wealth of resources, including expert-led tutorials, interactive webinars, and a library of engaging courses, downloadable books, and documents. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced outdoorsman, there's always something new to learn. So don't wait. Click on the link below to join the Nature Reliance School online membership today. Embrace the wilderness, enhance your skills, and become part of a community that values nature as much as you do. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, and welcome into another episode of the Nature Reliance Media Podcast. We've been getting some feedback on our new email podcast at naturereliance.org, so if you've got some feedback for the podcast, then throw it at us. And we greatly appreciate those of you who have been sharing our content here on the podcast. It's been making it easier to throw some information out there, get it out there on a easy-to-navigate methodology, which is just play. You might be able to listen to this while you're on the assembly line at work. You might be listening to it in the background as you're preparing your budget. Hey, you might be listening to this on the way home from work, but wherever you find time to listen to the podcast, we greatly appreciate it. If you find the information that we share here valuable and useful, then consider sharing it with others and maybe that'll help educate, entertain, or enlighten, or maybe enrich somebody's life somehow. So the background story I have for today's podcast is this. I do what I can to make myself accessible to the alumni of our Nature Reliance School classes. It's just one of them things that I felt like I wanted to do. I had a a teacher of mine who was uh, turned out to be a not very good person. He always told me I should never communicate to people that were students outside of a classroom setting. Never take their phone calls. Never take their texts, never answer their emails, just ignore them and just be standoffish. I just, I can't imagine doing that. Now, as Nature Reliance School has grown to the size and scope that it is today, it it becomes uh, time-consuming to be able to answer every single email, every single message that comes in. It's it's really nearly impossible. And it would be one of those things if if we were... Big enough, I'd probably hire somebody to do it, but we're not big enough to do that yet. So what I do do is I do what I can to make myself accessible to people that I know that have been in a class because that is, that's the grease that makes the Nature Reliance School wheels roll down the tracks. And so I want to do what I can to do that. And I'm constantly being recommended books by different alumni 
more often than not, literally, I will get the books. If an alumni will recommend a book to me, then I will get it, and I will read it. Sometimes I won't read the entire book, but I'll read a large portion of it, and oftentimes I read the entire book. More than anything, I, I have quite a collection of books that I utilize for research and study. Really, quite frankly, inspiration. I'll read something and go, yeah, that's I like how that writer wrote that, but the way I do it is over here. And so for me to share it from my own experiences, I share my methodology on doing something similar. So it's reading is a valuable piece of what it is that I do. One of our alumni who actually has come to one group setting, and then he did some private tracking training with me. He and, he and I both have a, a mutual interest in local history to us. He was originally born and raised in Kentucky, moved away now. He has a, a very strong tie to his Scottish, Scotch-Irish heritage that made its way into basically Breathitt County, Kentucky. Uh, I'm from a different part of Kentucky. He understands his history very well. I feel like I understand my history very well. But there's obviously, from the Frontier Scout perspective, there's a lot of overlap there in the history of both these areas that are not exactly right next to each other, but they're very similar and very close. One of the things that he and I both have a mutual admiration for are the Frontier Scouts, and we talk about them on a regular basis, and we discuss the different aspects of what it is that they did. And he, the other day, sent me a couple of links for books, and he's like, Craig, get these books. You can probably read them in a day, and they were just little bitty books. And he was right. The first one I picked up, I read it the first day. Second one, I picked it up and read it in a day and a half. And they was, they're small books, so they're real easy reads. But I wanted to share some things out of one of them. The, the book, and I'll make sure that I have a link for an Amazon link for you if you're interested in this book. The title of the book is Some Thoughts on Scouts and Spies by Jerry Baker. Now, my understanding is Mr. Baker was a Special Forces soldier in the United States military here, United States Army. And he also had an incredible interest in the Frontier Scouts and what have you. And so he put together a book based upon, and it's, let me say this, it's a historical document, but it's definitely informed by his background in Army Special Forces. And so I found it to be just a rather, I don't know, engrossing read for the things that I like, because he talks about camouflaging and scouting and kit and gear from a historical perspective as well as and it, well he writes it from that perspective but you can tell it's definitely informed from his experiences as well so it just makes it a fantastic little book let me look real quick here it's only uh it's only 84 pages long and the back third of the book is an appendix that's where I'm pulling some of the information from today is from that appendix. Now, what I want you to do is listen to these and see if this is the sort of thing that you like. And if it does, I'd recommend you pick up the book because it's, it's inexpensive, it's a good book, and let's support this author for putting out such good information. Here we go. In the back, he has um, listed Robert's Rules of Ranging. If you don't know what those are, you should look those up. I thought about sharing those, but those are so widespread that I thought um, they're so easily found. He's got a listing of hand signals, and then he's also listed here what he calls patrol trip tips. Oh, man, these mirror ex nearly exactly what we do in scout tracker class. We just do it 
from instead of a discussion reading type perspective, we do it from we do it in Scout Tracker class from an actual practical perspective. He's he's done a fantastic job of dwindling what a scout, a tracker, a spy, if you will, should have in mind on the frontier. And what we do, particularly in our scout tracker class, he's dwindled it down to these 14 tips. And I'm just guessing if I sit down and talk to this guy, Mr. Jerry Baker, and it's G-E-R-R-Y, I'm assuming that's Jerry. It may be Gary and forgive me, Mr. Man, I'm reading that wrong. It's Jerry Barker. Forgive me. Uh, And it could be Gary Barker. It's G-E-R-R-Y-B-A-R-K-E-R. So look this book up, you all. I'll have a link below. I want to read these patrol tips. Getting tongue-tied now as I'm trying to read. Thanks for your patience with me. Number one, a backdrop such as a dark bush may be as good as a bush in front of you to hide your position. Without a doubt. That's definitely something that we do in our Scout Tracker class. Number two, keep a cough remedy, such as bitterroot, where you can reach it. A nervous cough can be embarrassing when you're close to an enemy. Hey, big plug there for edible medicinal plants, right? Know what your your plants are that you can stuff in your possibles bag or in your pocket so you can stifle a cough. Number three, the knot on the neck cloth can be used to stifle a sneeze or a cough. There you go. This is one of the things that a lot of guys used to wear, and you don't see it often as much now, but wearing bandanas and and some sort of scarf, if you will. Uh, at the very least, what in the modern day was worn in a lot of desert climates, the kefia or the shema, those are fantastic pieces of equipment to have with you. Number four, be careful what fabrics you choose. For example, canvas gaiters are noisy. Maybe not noisy enough for the enemy to hear you, but the sound of the twig scraping them drowns out the sound of the enemy or animal that you are listening for. Man, that really struck a chord with me. I think sometimes we think our noise discipline is all about things not hearing us, when actually our noise discipline should also very much include us not being able to hear what's going on around us. Very important there. Number five, keep a survival pouch on you at all times, enough to get you through in a pinch. For example, a knife and a fire starting kit. Yeah, one of the things that we tell our students on a regular basis and even strangers who ask us is you should always go, even on a day hike, for example, with the stuff that you could live and sleep a comfortable night out, an uncomfortable night outside, meaning You're going to go to the outdoors. Something takes you by surprise. You have to stay the night out there. You can stay out there. You might not get much rest, but you'll live. You should have those supplies with you at all times. Number six, do not be too quick to fire your weapon. The Indians are afraid of a loaded firelock, but they are not afraid of an unloaded firelock. Also, the enemy may not have been sure that they saw you, and when you fire, you confirm the sighting. Visual discipline makes it easy for somebody to see you if you're shooting a firearm. It's definitely something that is applied in the modern day on the battlefield. It's catching that barrel as it goes off and finding where somebody's shooting at you from. Number seven, do not smoke on a scout, not for any reason. Tobacco smoke travels a long way, and the signs of lit tobacco are nearly impossible to hide at night. People that smoke just don't get this. In the woods, 
you can literally smell tobacco smoke so far. It's it absolutely blows my mind. I can't tell you how many times I can smell people that are smoking in a vehicle in front of me on the road. Even going down the interstate, I can smell it at times. But in the woods, particularly on a, a cloudy night or a foggy night where air doesn't rise that much, it kind of settles down, it'll carry right through a forest rather easily. Number eight, listen to this one. This is a good one. Never thought about this one. This was this one right here is pretty much brand new to me, and I've been practicing it ever since I read it. I thought, man, this makes great sense. Number eight, let half your breath out before you whisper. This will make much less noise. Try it. You don't have to do it right now, but try it. It works. Just telling you right now, it works. Number nine, never move directly on top of a ridge. This is where the enemy will move. There are often trails there, and you will be silhouetted. Instead, move on the shoulder of the ridge, what we often call the military crest. This is true for wild animals, too. If you're deer hunting and you're looking for game trails, find a ridge stop in a forested area and then drop off the side to that shoulder, and you'll find that deer trail all day long every day because that's where they're going to be walking. Nobody taught them that, but they know how that works. Number 10, do not take a break or camp near a rushing stream. The sound of the stream will mask the sounds of enemy movement. I've always found it difficult to hunt and to recon and to spy, if you will, in areas where water is flowing because I just can't hear too much that's going on around me. The sound of the water is just overwhelming at times. Number 11, be careful about grabbing vegetation as you move. Some types of bark, crab apple is one of them, are covered with dust-like substance that have an affinity for body oils and you will leave a handprint that a tracker can see. Leaves that have been grabbed show bruise marks. Trees and saplings that are used as handholds can shake, giving your position away. Man, that's a really good one. We've shown that in class before where we'll put somebody down in the woods and we'll shake a tree. And it's so easy to see that one tree shaking. For you squirrel hunters, you know exactly what this looks like when that squirrel rides that branch down just before they take off. That just stands out like a sore thumb when you're out there squirrel hunting. That's you too if you're making that type of movement with branches that are low on the ground. Number 12, do not take a weapon with a sling on a scout. Slings make noise. They snag things and you will not spend much time with the weapon slung on a scout. So very true. So very true. You're going to have, we're not talking about patrol, you all. We're talking about a scout. We're talking about out there looking for something or somebody, getting information, where there's a really good chance the enemy's going to bump you out there. You're going to have that rifle at the ready. You won't necessarily need a sling. Now, in the modern day, they make slings that you can carry on where you can carry a modern firearm, let's say an AR-15 or something like that, have it on a sling so it's, e so it's easy to maneuver and very difficult to lose and drop it. I get that. But this is from a historical perspective. He's talking about your flintlocks. He calls them fire, fire locks, but flintlocks are percussion cap rifles. You don't want that sling because they just, for the most part, get in the way. Number 13. Never set a pattern, but do it differently every time. I still do this when I come home. I don't come home the same way every time. Ever. I don't do it the same way two times in a row. I don't move through the woods. I go on a woods walk every morning and walk basically the same two miles or so. I don't take the same route. I just walk two miles. Sometimes I start over here and go that direction. Sometimes I start over there and go that direction. I never walk the same path. Number 14, leather or cloth wrap everything you carry. Noise is a killer. 
This one really jumped out at me. I did a, a really informal study, but it was long-term, writing several of my books. I would go to the cabin, I would sit on the porch, and I would write. Spent a lot of time on that front porch. About halfway through writing my first book, Extreme Wilderness Survival, one of the things that I did for my benefit was I put some bird feeders up because I wanted to see a bunch of birds come by while I was writing and give me a break from time to time. Here's what I noticed is that because I would play games with them. I, I got to the point where I could bring the birds and have them land on the table where I was writing just because I was there every day writing and I suckered them in with some bird feed and finally I could ha basically feed them out of my hand. It was really intriguing and interesting to me. But one of the things that I did that I noticed real early on was I played a game on how much movement I can make and how fast the movement was if it would make the birds leave the bird feeders that I had set out. Now, the bird feeders I have set out, they're probably a good 10, 15 meters from the porch, okay? But they're in plain view where I was sitting because I wanted to be able to look at them, right? And so often I would do things where I would move and see how much I could move. Could I get up off the table and stand up and then stay there? What I noticed is this. Two things really jumped out at me. One of these may really surprise you, okay? The first off is that any quick movement, alarms them and they'll usually freeze and then if you continue to move they'll leave okay that was very interesting that is the movement strategy what they would do i could wave my arms really quickly and they would literally you could see them they would freeze and you could see them look my direction and if i wasn't doing anything they would just stay there oftentimes if i did that and then i stood up they'd be gone there was no hesitation they just move out the second thing is that Almost every single time, if I made a loud noise, they would leave, no questions asked. I always thought that was really interesting is that there was basically a thoughtful process that went down visually, but things that they heard, there was no question about it. They were going to leave. I found it really interesting. What I did is I ended up making noise to see how much noise it would take before they would be afraid and leave. Like, if I hit the table this hard with something soft, what would it do? If I hit something metal, what would it do? If I hit something that made a sharp ping sound, what would they do? I did all these things just, you know, basically taking, brights, <laughs> taking breaks from writing. It was really interesting to note over and over and over again, quick, loud sounds, no doubt about it. So, what does that mean for us as scouts, as trackers, as spies, if you will? Well, that means that sound is going to be really vital to wild animals when we're in the woods. Making sounds is something that's going to bring their attention. And if they give you their attention, anything that's observing them will get its attention, which could be somebody else. All right. So that's why you want to do what you can when you're moving through an environment to make as little noise as possible, have really strong noise discipline. And when you're moving, you're going to move at a much slower pace. Again, we'd love to have you at our Scout Tracker classes. We'd love to have you continue to listen and do nothing else but take advantage of our free podcast. Think about these things and see how you can apply them into what it is that you do, whether you like to do scout tracking type activities, whether you like to hunt, trap, visit the outdoors and take photos, whatever it is that you're utilizing, the things that we're sharing with you, see how you can apply them in your life today. This has been Craig Cottle, Director of Nature Reliance School sharing some information again forgive me for butchering his name earlier jerry or gary barker that's g-e-r-r-y-b-a-r-k-e-r -E -E and i'll definitely have a link for this book in the description so check it out 
if that interests you at all. And I'm sure if you're one of our alumni, it probably does. So pick it up, check it out. As always, come on, join in. Let's learn together. That wraps up another fantastic episode of the Nature Blinds podcast. I hope today's journey has inspired you to explore and connect with the natural world in new and exciting ways. Before I say goodbye, remember to check out the Nature Blinds School online membership. If today's episode sparked your interest in wilderness skills and outdoor adventures, this online community is the perfect place for you to start or continue your journey. You can currently sign up for a year for only $99 and get two months for free. Click the link below to discover a world of expert-led courses, engaging content, and a vibrant community eager to share their knowledge and experiences. Whether you're starting your outdoor journey or looking to deepen your existing skills, the Nature Reliance School online membership is here to guide you. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe for more adventures and share this podcast with your fellow nature enthusiasts. Until next time, come on, join in. Let's learn together.